As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Your online home for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is thisisbracketracing.com. Find the latest episodes, the complete archives, and tons of additional racing-related resources on thisisbracketracing.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Big Jed, what's happening, my friend? Oh, Luke, glad to be back doing, talking about some racing, doing what we love to do, having the podcast here, just uh, hanging out, ready to talk about a lot of great events and great racers. What about you, no, no doubt. We've got a lot to get to this week. We will wrap up the Jeg's All-Stars and all the drama that went along with it. A couple of NHRA national events to cover between Chicago and Joliet. Lots of big dollar bracket racing from across the country. But, Jed, there is only one place to begin this show, and it is truly what everyone's talking about. If it's not what everyone's talking about, it should be what everyone is talking about. Because, Jed, it is not every episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast that we get to lead with a man whose name is synonymous with a mythical fire-breathing creature. (laughs) And yet we have the opportunity to do just that. With that segue, I'll let you take it from here. 
<laughs> Very well done, Luke. Thank you for that. So, yeah, what everyone's talking about is real easy this week. A guy performed really well at the Spring Fling a lot, and we talked about him here on the podcast. But what got him the most attention was the fact that he's had a few birthdays, not one of the younger racers. His name is, as you said, synonymous with the mythical fire-breathing animal, and his name is Chet Dragon. And it's not Dragon with an I-N, a two G's and I-N. It's Dragon, D-R-A-G-O-N, which is really cool, okay? I mean, I still can't believe that's his real last name, but he's sticking with it. He keeps putting it on his tech card, so I believe his name's really Chet Dragon. Could this be a a Jim Rodcap situation? (laughs) This could be very similar to that. Chet, we're going to need to see a birth certificate. (laughs) So, Chet Dragon... Again, did well at Spring Fling a lot. We talked a lot about him, put some great packages together. In his buggy, center steer buggy, that he built himself in 1982. Okay, so he was old enough to build a car in 1982, which tells you a little bit about Chet already. He's still driving it, the same car that he built in 1982. And he went to their Stephanie Nass at Dragway 42 in the Ace Race. This week, this past weekend, and won twenty grand. Look, he collected a twenty thousand dollar win in a, a sea of dragsters and just hundred thousand dollar race cars. Chet takes his little buggy that he built in nineteen eighty two. I don't know if you heard me, and wins the twenty grander. But that's a huge story. Okay, that's not even close to what is the most important and fun part of this story. Oh, hit me. There's a winter circle video floating around on the internet on Facebook that I have never seen anything like it before. Now I get to go to the winter circle at most races I attend. I'm usually standing there talking to the winner, but I get to be in the winter circle celebration quite often. Never been a part of anything like it. And it's been million dollar race winners. Never seen anything like it. Literally what looks like every racer at the racetrack came to the winner's circle to celebrate Chet Dragon and what he had just accomplished with the chant of Chet Dragon. It was, I mean, like hundreds of racers, what it seemed like. I, I know it wasn't. But basically, everybody there wanted to be in his winner's circle picture. And it was the most awesome winner's circle celebration that I've seen, especially for a $20 win. Not, that's not a big deal because it is. We had this going on, Chet, Dragon, Chet, Dragon, Chet. I mean, is, am I getting the is the rhythm right? It was like half the group would say Chet, and the other half would say Dragon. It was so awesome. It's fantastic. You had a you got to pick a first or last name to chant. It was I mean, it was really cool. Y'all got to find it. I don't even know who posted it. I should have been more prepared, but whoever posted it, kudos to you. I um, mean, they're they're just shaking his hand and patting his back as he's diving out of this buggy after he just collected that big payday it was really awesome so that is what everyone is talking about and it's very very worthy congratulations jet dragon that was so much fun to watch to your point jed for as much time as we spend talking about the the touring professionals you know the the rock stars of our sport Ultimately, and this just showcases that, like that following, that support, that how genuinely happy seemingly everyone in the pits was for Chet Dragon. 
that's what our sport is all about. The, the, the reason that bracket racing came about in the first place is the idea that races aren't decided by the cubic dollar. And the chance for a man like that, who, as you said, has had plenty of birthdays, who built this car himself in his shop, who has years of data compiled on it and is just competing, has the same opportunity to win as the guy in the $100,000 dragster with the half-million-dollar rig. Like that's, that's the basis of bracket racing. And to see this happen, it is, man. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Uh, it was a feel-good story of the year so far. I saw videos surfacing prior to the winter circle celebration, like in the final round as he's running. The, they're just lying down the fence. Everybody's seemingly pulling for Chet, wanting him to win. When his win light comes on, they went nuts. So, again, special shout out to the, the people that helped make that special for Chet. That was really cool to watch on the videos. I got to see it. So, Give yourself uh, a little credit to too, Jed. Like I, I don't want to place the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast too high on the on the echelon of what goes on in Sportsman Drag Racing, but I think part of the following behind Chet Dragon is a result of you bringing him to light here on the show. Well, we definitely celebrated him on the live feed at Galat. Just uh, obviously a very well liked guy by those that really know Chet and the name just about the coolest thing you could have and then he's racing his buggy that's obviously been around for a minute so that was cool we celebrated it and then that just carried over to the podcast really fun to talk about but now the guys like out there winning races i mean big races 20 granders so he's hopefully going to continue this momentum and give us an opportunity to discuss him more but if he doesn't if that's the last one he gets ever it's going to be super special because I won't forget it, and I wasn't even there, so I know he won't. That's really I wasn't awesome. there either, Jed, and I feel like we got left out, so let's get in on it real quick. Chet. Dragon. Chet. Dragon. Chet. Dragon. Talking about right there. <laughs> That's exactly how it went, too. It was really good. <laughs> so while Chet was uh, obviously the lead story there and, uh, and the big winner on uh, one of the days, there were more winners there, Luke. That was, it looked like a very well-attended race there at Dragway 42, and the Ace Summer Slam went off, looked like really well. But day one was a guy J.J. talked about, and that was Sugar, getting a win over Kenny Underwood, two of the hottest racers in racing right now uh, with Sugar Shane taking a $20,000 payday to the house on day number one. Big deal for him. And uh, obviously, Chet Dragon was your day two $20,000 winner. And then day three was a guy that doesn't get to get out there very much, but he still got it when he does. Pro Stock Dave. DC, Dave Connolly, getting the win on day number last there at the Ace Summer Slam. So, Big deal, some uh, big names in the winner's circle, but none of them even hold a candle to our boy Chet Dragon, which was the story of the weekend by far. There's only one Chet Dragon, although it sounds like we had another opportunity for another cult hero on Sunday. Dave went in the final over what, to my understanding, was a 760 streetcar that shortly after the final just cruised out the gate, went to pick up some <laughs> Yeah. I don't have the man's name in front of me, but we, we got to highlight him at some point. Maybe we'll get him in the shout-outs. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, that's a very cool story. Again, when you talk about the equipment that we're supposed to take to the racetrack and try to win with, uh, some people don't play by those rules, and it still works out well for them, which just shows when you're committed and you got 
good equipment, no matter what it is, you you got a chance to win in our sport, which, as you said, is what makes it so mm-hmm. awesome. But that was a great story. Driving your car out of the gate after a, a twenty thousand dollar runner up is uh, pretty darn cool. And it was a Nova, so even better. Even better. All right, like I said, lots to get to in this episode, but Big Jed, we got to start it off by giving the people what they want in a long overdue format. Yeah, it has been quite a while, and uh, we've missed it. We've talked about it, trying to make it work out as much as we could so far this year, but just hadn't been able to put it all together. But it's time to bring back JJ's Top Ten, presented by Armed Forces Racing. Really excited to have JJ coming up and giving his Top Ten in or Top Five in juniors, bottom bulb and top bulb, with some honorable mentions too. So we'll have him on next, and I can't wait. It's that time again with the little golden voice of drag racing, JJ Pennington. Oh, it like it's, it's time for JJ's Top That's 10. It's time for JJ's Top 10. It's time for JJ's Top 10. It's JJ's Top 10 with JJ Pennington here on the Sports All right, that was a a great lead story, but this is uh, something that people have been wanting to bring back for quite some time. Shame on me. We just haven't been able to put it together for one reason or another, but it is great to have JJ's Top Ten back on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast We've got the man himself, the number one 13-year-old correspondent in drag racing, J.J. Pennington. How you doing tonight, bud? Doing good. Well, good. Great to have you back on the show. How's it feel to be back? It's been a little while. Feels great. Jen, you're telling me, it's, or him, you're telling him it's great to be back. I've been carrying the show for months. J.J., <laughs> glad to have you. <laughs> It's been all Luke all the time. It is good to have someone back to carry the show. But so you and I, I mean, we've been looking at results and looking at racers, and it's been so long since we did a JJ's Top Ten. By the way, this is presented by uh, Armed Forces Racing. I want to thank Jeff Lambert and the folks at Armed Forces Racing for uh, helping present this segment of the show. been a little while since we were able to talk about Armed Forces Racing and JJ's Top Ten, but it's great to have both of those great things coming back together but jj we looked at all these results and we've struggled because there has been a ton of winners and great performances throughout the the months that we have not been recording your segment but we put some stuff together put our heads together come up with a list and without me gas bagging any longer as luke would say let's get it started talking about our junior dragster category who you got in the number five spot number five is gonna be logan westmoreland he is the next big thing in junior dragster racing yeah so jj and i through our research we're told that logan westmoreland is the next gage birch is what we were told and so logan's been turning on a ton of wind lights just a top performer i don't know specifically what logan's won but through the research that we did that's what we were told so logan westmoreland that's big shoes to fill you sir uh, obviously have a bright future according to our sources so congratulations on number five jj who's next 
Number four, we got Big Daddy Ben's Dream Team. It consists of Cameron Willis, Carson Emmett, Lucas Ford, Shelby Thurman, and Nash Ratchford. Yeah, so we went with the Dream Team in the number four spot, although that's five racers. It was one team at the Dream Team Challenge. I watched these youngsters. They were very impressive. Big Daddy Ben Willis put together a great team. They wrecked the field, won their category in the juniors, and uh, just a really talented group of racers. So we felt like putting them in the number four spot. How about number Jed, three? Hold yeah. on. Hold, Jed, you, you, you're rubbing off here, obviously. Like, you're, you're creating another man of the people. How can we mention nine racers in five spots? We make everybody happy. That's what we do here on the Sports and Drag Racing Podcast. That's a really good point, Luke. And that's probably not the first time we're going to hear something like that. So, JJ, continue with number three. Number three is going to be Caleb Burns. He won 790 Index at Junior Week, which had a very big field of junior dragster racers. Yeah, I understand this was might have been one of the largest, if not the largest, 790 field that uh, that people have seen, and it was a talented field, and Caleb turned on the last win light there, uh, obviously, with a great performance, getting him in the number three spot. How about number two, bud? That was at Clay City, right, that junior week? That was, yes, junior week at, uh, at Kentucky Dragway, I think they call it now, Luke, if I remember oh, correctly. Fancy. Yeah. How about number two, bud? Number two is going to be K.J. Disa, has had several wins so far in 2019. Sorry yeah. if I pronounced that wrong. Well, it's Disa, but uh, Disa, Disa, you can say whatever you want to say, but uh, K.J., definitely a West Coast uh, talent out there doing his thing, turning on a lot of wind lights, winning a lot of races, and uh, has already got off to a super hot start this year. So K.J. fitting in the number two spot. Somebody must have done something big and get past K.J., but who's number one? Number one is going to be Lauren Dodd. Had a 5K win at Junior Week. Yeah, $5,000 win in Junior Dragsters is a really big deal. And Lauren Dodd, I understand, is a super talent and has uh, turned on a lot of win lights already this year and throughout her junior career. But a $5,000 win puts Lauren Dodd in your number one spot for juniors in JJ's top 10, top 5, top 15, whatever we want to call it. But congratulations, Lauren. Great performance by her. So now, bud, here's where the the water gets all kind of muddy. I mean, it's we're it's June, okay? And this is our first top ten. I don't even know how many great performances. Honestly, through our research, we were tired of looking at them, and we come up with the best list we could. Hit us on the bottom with number five. Well, first we have an honorable mention in junior dragsters. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did have that. I forgot. Who is your honorable mention? This was very special. Abby Romeo got the 7- to 11-year-old age group IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. Yeah, so that's the uh, IHRA new series that they've been doing a couple of years now. And little Abby Romeo, okay, is that a little home cooking? Maybe so. It's producer Mark's niece. That's her first win. It was in the 7 to 11 age group. Big deal. A big event. And it's our podcast, and it's JJ's top 10, and we can put whoever we want on it. And Abby Romeo earned her spot. Congratulations, Abby. Louder for the folks in the back, Big Jet. <laughs> Great job by Abby. All right. Now let's go to the bottom of guys and gals. JJ, who you got number five? 
Number five, we got Andy Small was the or went really deep in the spring fling million and had and has had multiple wins on big stages so far this season. Yeah, Andy Small may make it every time we do it. I mean, if he's racing, this guy just goes to the winner's circle. Huge performance at spring fling million, won the bottom <laughs> book and in the million goes, I guess, to the semis and the race itself and the million itself. Great performance by Andy. Then comes back at Forsyth and, and Langdon's race, wins, just wrecks the field there, wins everything on the bottom. Andy Small, top performer always. Great performance by him, putting him in the number five spot. And Andy performed really well, so there must have been some great performances. This is another yet another example of why JJ is such a pro. This is what in the business we call foreshadowing. Stay tuned. I, I think it's next week. We've got an interview with Andy Schmall. That's coming up quick. And great job, JJ. <laughs> Who's number four, bud? Number four is going to be Chad Sandlin. He has had multiple big buck wins and final round appearances so far in 2019. Yeah, so every time we talk about a bottom bulb race of significance, and it's anywhere around Texas or Oklahoma, it's Chad Sandlin against Jake Howard in a final. Chad has seemingly been getting the better of that lately. Chad, with many top performances throughout the year already deserving of the number four spot and uh i'm sure we'll see him plenty of times on jj's top 10 and bottom bulb category but but he's the number four guy so there's three better who you got in the next spot number three is going to be drew porsche he had a 15k win at the footbreak 150 in gulfport yeah, you win $15,000 on the bottom. That's a big deal, especially when you're swapping feet to us. That's a big deal. JJ and I love the foot break. No offense against the trans breakers, but that was a big deal. Drew Porsche, a very talented racer out of the Houston area, top performer always, but that was a really big win for him. So congratulations, Drew, for falling in the number three spot. How about number two, bud? Number two is going to be Adam Davis, AD South. Also had a 15K with the footbreak 115 golf court. <laughs> good uh, good uh, little uh, throw in there on the AD South, bud. Uh, for the folks that don't know, AD might have had a little liquid courage one night and told PJ North he ain't nothing. I'm AD South. And uh, it, he just really didn't, didn't stop. He was just kind of beating that drum, and that's a long story, but... PJ North is the man. We know that when it comes to AD South is the man when it comes to hit the bottom number two spot. Him with a fifteen thousand dollar win it was a rough outing for him. He's a Chevy two that he races for the boss man. Caught a little fire down there and got some damage, but uh, AD made it work out. His own car. Another great performance by him, and the number one spot is going to be real easy for people. But Bud, tell us about Numero Uno. Number one is going to be Ernie Humes. He won the Bigfoot 40 Grander at Darlington. Yeah, the Bigfoot 40 winner, the biggest bottom bulb winner to date. The big first available to the bottom bulbers this year, and that was a huge deal. $40,000 win on the bottom of Darlington in the loose rocker Bigfoot 40. Our boy Ernie, uh, definitely very deserving that number one spot. But there was um, a lot of people to choose from. I know you got a little honorable mention here on the bottom bulb, too. Tell us about some of those guys. Well, for the honorable mentions, we have Jake Howard, Mad Max McLaughlin, Luke Siebert, and the Richardson Boys Dream Team. 
as the Richardson Boys Dream Team, obviously won the Dream Team off the bottom. Luke Siebert won uh, on Sunday at the Dream Team Chow. NK win for Luke. That's a big deal. He comes from the Midwest where they don't get a ton of those opportunities. When he gets out this way, he always shows out. The Richardson Boys, the, the reason we thought it was important to put those guys in, obviously some of the best racers in the game on their team, but not people that go foot-breaking all the time every weekend. And they still dominated the field and got their foot break win over some talented racers. And then, of course, Jake Howard. Jake always right there on the list on the cusp of making the top five. And uh, Mad Max had some really good performances thus far this year. So some guys very deserving, but Ernie Humes is the man on the list this week in the number one spot. But now, here's where it got super muddy. I mean, this is catfish muddy right here. But... We had to pick some racers, and we did just that. Tell us about number five. Number five is going to be TJ or TG Pascal. He won a forty grander at the Super Door Car Challenge. Yeah, TG Pascal. Anybody named Pascal is uh, dominant, and especially in North Carolina. And then you get TG borrows a car. I don't even remember who it was from. Goes to the door car race and just dominates them. Wins forty grand. Now, winning $40,000 is a really big deal, but it only fit into the number five spot this time around because of some great performances. So congratulations, TG. Tell us about number four, big guy. Number four is going to be Dustin Wirtz. He ran himself in the final of a 20-grander race and won top dragster at a Division Six points race. Yeah, obviously did not match the dollars that TG won, but where he was racing... And considering the amount of opportunities that they get to race or that they don't get to race for that kind of money, that was a huge deal for Dustin. Ran himself in the final. Uh, really almost an impossible task to pair yourself in the final with ladders and everything else. And then he got to perform, too. So great job by Dustin. Then comes back and wins top dragster, I don't know, a couple of weeks later. Really big deal there. So Dustin, very deserving of that number four spot. How about number three? Number three is going to be Tommy Cable. He was the 50 grand winner at the Spring Fling in Galat. Yeah, that was a really big deal, too, for Tommy. Obviously, we've uh, discussed it at length. He was my pick to win the 50 grander. I thought that was pretty cool. But to come out and continue to be dominant in these big events, especially at Galat, like Tommy has, very impressive driving on his part. Uh, again, another deserving racer falling into the number three spot. But tell us about number two, big guy. Number two is going to be Mike Lukey. He won a 50-grander also, but it was at Huntsville, and then came back and won a 10-grander at Huntsville in the very next race. Yeah, big deal for Mike. J.J. was pushing back just a little bit on this, was going to put him a little farther down the list, but I breezed over that 50K win on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and didn't give Mike his uh, credit that he deserves. So I pushed J.J., backed him in the corner, and he helped me get Mike to the number two spot. But a 50K win and back it up a week or two later with a 10K win, that's pretty dang strong right there. So, J.J., this one's going to be real easy for everybody. There was a huge event already held this year where the winner's purse, I believe, was 300 Seventy-five thousand dollars 
advertised, and that this person won it. Tell us about number one. Number one is going to be Peeps Pennington. Pennington won the Spring Fling Million, and it was the highest paid fling so far until the Fall Fling 500K coming up in September. The Peep Show knocked the door down, got his million-dollar victory in Vegas in April uh, with an awesome performance, really kind of set up the year of the buggy. The buggies are performing very well, which we just talked about in the intro, but Peep Joe winning the biggest race to date and doing it in style in the family roadster. So very deserving in that number one spot. And before we let Luke discuss anything he wants to talk about in regards to the list, Bud, you got honorable mention here, and this list could have been super long. We tried to shorten it up. Tell us a little bit about that. Honorable mentions, uh, we got John LeBose Jr. went a bunch of rounds at the uh, Spring Fling and Galat in his uh, roadster and even in his track. And we also have uh, Corey Galitti, who went, he's been going a few rounds at a bunch of races. He won the uh, race, the Sunday 20 grander at the Dream Team Challenge. Kurt Harvey, he's been performing well. Chet Dragon has also been performing well. There he is. won the uh, Dragster Shootout. Yeah. Holt won the Dragster Shootout, and uh, we also have Sugar Shane Carr, the runner-up of the Spring Flame Million, and he also grabbed a 20K win this past weekend. Yeah, and, and so Nick Folk is the most recent big money winner, winning uh, 50 grand at Cedar Falls Race. So you're like, how do you not get Nick in the top five? Really, this list was kind of built, and then Nick's the latest winner added to the list. It just got him honorable mention, which he probably deserves better than that, but... That was a huge deal for Nick, getting that 50K win. But, but it was a challenge putting this list together. A lot of stuff was going on, a lot of big winners. I know we missed some. We apologize for that. But all in all, uh, you did a great job, great way to present your first top ten of the year with all these big winners. How did it feel to get back into action and give us your list? Felt great. Oh, man, a few words. JJP. <laughs> it sounded great too, JJ. You we appreciate having you on. We, we need to come back early in July so that this won't be as difficult on you. We'll do this every month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to get you back on every month. And again, we want to thank the great folks at Armed Forces Racing, Jeff Lambert and, and his group for helping present JJ's top 10 to you. But wonderful job. Excellent as always. It's like you never missed a beat. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Appreciate you coming on tonight, JJ, and I can't wait for the next. Thank you for having me. All right, bud. We'll see you. Jed, lots of big racing across the country over the course of the last two weeks, but uh, I think we have to start with the most prestigious, if not, you know, obviously the richest, probably the most prestigious event of the last couple of weeks, and that is the Jags All-Stars, and I'll try not to hurt myself, Jed. Having each of us on the back, because not only did I pick the winning team, Division 4, but out of, you know, I mean, keep in mind, there are seven divisions. There's a lot of opportunity to go wrong. We made predictions on our our last episode where we were together, and uh, I picked the winning team. You picked the second place team. That's pretty good, Jen. Yeah, anytime we're picking winners, it's a big deal. I mean, we know it's a big event. It's a big show. So, obviously, we did that on the podcast last time we were together. And now, 
Uh, we get the results and uh, job well done by you, sir. You you stepped out there and picked Division Four to win it all, and obviously a very talented field. I went straight homer, which is no surprise to anybody that's ever listened to the show more than once or twice, and picked my division, Division Two, to win. But was really uh, I was really convicted with I thought that that we really could do it because it was a loaded team in Division Two. In your defense, the D2 roster was probably the most stacked of any roster. You, you, you're right. I didn't just go off the, the deep end there and pick Division Two. I thought we had a chance, and obviously did for a little while. But <clears throat> great pick by you. Those uh, those Division Four, those Southwesterners got her done. Don't quit against the good guys. The good guys run away with the team title for the second consecutive year. It's becoming Chicago domination. It is the eighth overall title for the good guys out in Division Four that ties Division Three for the overall lead, the most team titles in Jake's All Stars history. Four of the eight representatives from Division Four hoisted the trophy at the end of the day. That is a good recipe to win the team yeah. title. <laughs> yeah, it is. And actually, uh, Austin Williams brought this up to me at Topeka a year ago when, again, Division Four also won the Jake's All Stars. They had five representatives in the final round. And only Aaron Stanfield got the win of those five. Fast forward to 2019, Division Four once again had five representatives in the final round, and Aaron Stanfield was the only rep to not win. This year, it was <laughs> Jeff Lopez in Stock Eliminator, the original Tex-Mex. I called it. Again, pat on the back there. Uh, it was Darian Bosch in Top Dragster. It was Christopher Dodd in Super Comp, and it was Cy Hill in Super Street. Those were the Division Four winners from the Jags All-Stars. Jed will get to all of the winners. Uh, but again, in your defense, your D2 team, as, as much as it was a Crimson Tide pick, was low and did finish second. So we came in one, two. We could have done way worse. Yeah, our record stays intact for picking <laughs> winners here on the podcast. Um, that was uh, that was definitely something that, again, didn't go out on a, a limb there to pick Division Four because they were stacked as well. But still, picking the winner out of those seven divisions because, quite honestly, the entire race was full of all-stars, no pun intended, uh, a lot of talented racers. For D4 to do what they did, Luke, is just super impressive. Uh, I mean, they basically won everything at Memphis. If you wasn't a Texas racer, you definitely got some ties or had some ties to Texas. They dominated everything there. Division 4 now comes out and dominates the All-Stars. And true, that was a dominant performance with, with winning basically half the, the races. So, uh, I mean, I'm think... starting to feel like maybe the best racers in the United States are in Texas right now. And that's hard for me to say, Luke. It, it's hard for you to say. Imagine how difficult it is for the folks from Ohio to say. <laughs> right? But, I mean, even they have to admit at this point, like, it's pretty impressive what those Texas guys are doing. Now, granted, everybody in Division One has not given them any credit. They still think they're the best. <laughs> but the Texas guys, I mean, they're, they're pretty much making everybody else eat, eat crow. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. How about some individual winners from uh, from the Jags All-Stars? Yeah, top sportsman uh, was uh, Kynan Dinkle, which really is a really cool name if your last name is Dinkle. I'm so ready to correct you, and you nailed that. Nice work. Oh, yeah. No, that was real easy, Kynan Dinkle. That was a Division Three racer. Top dragster, as you mentioned, was Darian Bosch, uh, obviously from Division Four, as you just talked about their winners. 
Uh, comp was no surprise. Frank Aragona, uh, Division One racer, uh, guys probably just going to win everything in comp this year and might not lose again. So, Super Comp was Christopher Dodd, as you said, <laughs> war racer. Super Gas was our lone winner in Division Two, and that was Little Caboose, John Laboose Jr. Did you just? I'm trying to remember from because we did make our picks two weeks ago. Did you just go like? Like Republican down the ballot. Like, did you pick Division Two in every single class? I actually you... picked Aaron Stanfield to win. Okay, uh, so you spread it around a little bit, and he got a runner-up. But well, yeah, he was runner-up in Superstock, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, I spread it out just a little, but basically it was Homer. Surprise! Super Street, Cy Hill, as you said, Division Four racer, <laughs> got it done. Superstock was Jeff Donna, Division Three racer. He got by the the. Division four, the only division four runner up, and that was Aaron Stanfield. And stock, this is the story for me, Luke, because I know you love the Lopez family. I love the Lopez family. Jeff Lopez, maybe the most humble, quiet, just normal guy in the pits every time he's there, getting the win in stock for division four, but for the Lopez family, that's a huge deal. And they had a, a loss in the family recently and i know that was a really big thing for the lopez family so congratulations to the original tex-mex as you like to call him that was a a huge deal and way to wrap up our results there for the all-stars did anybody see the video i was talking about it a little bit off air and i retweeted this but nobody paid attention to it because it was like over a minute long video and nobody has that long attention span and (laughs) jeff's mention was right at the end but they do this montage of the jake's all-stars and there is I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's like no mention, no footage of Jeff Lopez at all until the very end. And it's not a picture of Jeff's car and it's not footage of Jeff's smiling face in the winter circle. It is zoomed in on the check, the Happy Gilmore check. And this year, which I think is an awesome tradition, by the way, but I believe it's the first time they've done it. They had the winners write in their names on the check, like paid to the order of your name, right? And so it's just zoomed in on the check. You don't see Jeff. You just see Jeff's hand as he writes in, pay to the order of Tex-Mex. That's my dog. I'm not. This stuff I'm making up is true, Big Jeff. He is the original. That is good stuff. Luke, real quick, let's let's touch on the, uh, the runner-ups because these guys got mentioned a lot in our picks. Jeff Harrington was the Division <laughs> Two representative in stock. He was runner-up to the tech, to original Tex-Mex. Aaron Stanfield was my pick in Superstock, obviously runner-up. He's Division Four racer. Super Street runner-up was Keith Mayers. Super Gas, I believe my pick beat your pick. I think you picked Iggy, if I remember correctly. I go with Iggy. I like Iggy. He was a Division One representative, come up a little short to Caboose there. Ray Miller III, which is having a phenomenal year, come up short in Super Comp with a runner-up. Our boy Ed Open, top dragster, Ed I mean, there's a race, a big race. Ed shows up in the final round somewhere. Big deal for him. And uh, top sportsman, I believe uh, not Lester Adkins, but Lester Johnson. Uh, got the nice, runner up nice. there. I think you talked a little bit about Lester as well. And Doug Dahl in comp, which um, obviously is a very talented guy and, and wins a lot in that category. But the juggernaut, Frank Aragona, took him out. So. A lot of top performers there. Congratulations to all those guys. All-Star is a really big deal. Those racers fight hard all season long to try to get to Joliet, and those that got there and accomplished the ultimate goal just made memories that will last them a lifetime. 
Yeah, to your point, simply qualifying for the Jags All-Stars is a monumental achievement. And then to go on and win those three rounds against the best of the best from around the country, really special stuff. Jed, the Jags All-Stars was followed up less than 24 hours later with the conclusion of the Route 66 NHRA Nationals, obviously same facility, Route 66 Dragway up in Joliet, Illinois. And I don't want this to come across, Jed, because I don't want this to come across badly because I don't mean any disrespect to the winners of the sportsman categories at Joliet. But I personally, I would have lost like significant money wagering on the final round. I would have given back some of that futures bet that I would have picked up on the All-Stars <laughs> because some of the biggest names in the sport appeared in final rounds at Joliet and essentially all of them came out on the losing end. As an example, Justin Lamb, five-time NHRA world champion, reigning NHRA Superstock World Championship world champion, fell in the final round of Superstock to Vic Penrod, reigning national champion Devin Eisenhower, Supergas, fell in the final round to Nathan Vrooman. A man named Jim Prevo came into the, the the semifinals, came into Sunday's action in Top Dragster as one of the four semifinalists. You're like, all right, cool. And I just imagine Jim Prevo's like, hey, I got a chance to win a national event. Then he looks at the ladder, and he's the other three remaining Top Dragster entrants, Jeff Strickland, two-time NHRA world champion, Anthony Bertozzi, 88-time IHRA world champion, <laughs> Aaron Stanfield, I, I think it's a safe bet, soon to be multi-time NHRA world champion. Yeah. Like, no disrespect to Jim Prevo, he's the underdog at yeah, four stars. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, those three, if you just had 100 people put a top five list together, <laughs> uh, better than 80% are going to have those three racers on their list. I mean, it's a very talented field, and like you said, no disrespect to Prevo, but uh, he wasn't on paper supposed to win that go ahead luke no but they don't contest drag races on paper because <laughs> jim prevo rolled up there in the semifinal round 24 plus hours since his previous round and laid down 13 total for anthony bertozzi and said see you 88 time mm. champ see you dog uh, yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> i'm going to the final where he matches up with jeff strickland and does himself one better in terms of one thousandth better and lays down 12 end-to-end to defeat former national champion Jeff Strickland and Prevo takes home the Wally from Joliet. So shouts to him. Jeff Lopez rolled up for the final round of Stock Eliminator. Jeff obviously at that point is competing for the Jags double up bonus. Would be one of uh, just a handful of competitors in history to win the All-Stars, then come back and win the national event in the same category. And plus, that's worth a $5,000 bonus from our friends at Jegs. Now, Jeff wasn't like a huge favorite in the final. He's he's racing opposite Randy Lynchship, and she's awesome, right? Uh, she actually became, or I think, tied for the winningest female driver in Lucas Oil Series history with this win. But given the context of the weekend and how Jeff had not been down the racetrack and not seen his win light, Again, like at least in my mind, he's the favorite, and he falls in that final to Randy Lynn. Lester Johnson, much like Jeff, okay? Lester actually won the, the national event portion of this race, but like Jeff, he came up one round short of that All-Stars bonus. You mentioned that he lost to Kynan Dinkle in the final round of the Jags All-Stars. So then Lester comes back, wins the national event. He's one round away from the double-up bonus, 
for a second consecutive year. If you mm. remember a year ago, Lester was part of that bizarre story after winning the Jags All-Stars and after his opponent red-lighted in the whole round of the national event, Lester had that wild and controversial uh, infraction where timing block got knocked off. Some say his header clipped it. Some say his exhaust, whatever. Like we went over, the, if you go back a year ago, like we talked about this for an hour. The bottom line was Lester Johnson was disqualified and was one round short of the Jake's bonus. A year later, again, one round short of the Jags all-star double-up bonus, albeit with a little bit less drama this time around. And the final of top the top sportsmen at the national event, Lester knocked off. I didn't call him Lester Atkins at any point, did I? <laughs> no, I don't think so, no. Okay, Lester Johnson got that win over Brandon Baxter, and it was an awesome race. Baxter was 16-9 in the final, like going six-something with doors. No good. Lester, 22 total. At 618, and this brings up the point that I've been dying to make since we started recording the show. I don't know the situation here. Like, I don't know if I want to give Lester a ton of credit and say he's got multiple different setups and ways to race his unique Pro Charger equipped shoebox. He may. He may have just had problems during the All-Stars. I don't know. But in the final round of the Jake's All-Stars, Lester Johnson was dialed 644. One day later, in the final round of the main event, Lester Johnson was dialed 618. Now keep in mind, he lost dialed 640-something. He won dialed 618. And Lester, if you're listening, this is what I've been saying for a year and a half. Class minimum Lester Johnson is my favorite Lester Johnson. And this is proof positive. <laughs> Dial that thing 610. Let's get after it, and let's do this. That's how, that's how you got to roll yeah, Lester can go as fast as they'll let him go. I'm convinced of that. Lester can go way faster than they let him go, no doubt. Super Comp at Joliet. Last thing I wanted to touch on, Dave Dollum got the win in Super Comp. It was his second career win. Got the win over Megan Strasswig in her first final. And this probably doesn't qualify for what I was talking earlier. This is probably not an upset. But I just wanted to shed a little bit of light on Megan. Super impressive en route to the final. She was 003. 003, we'll throw out her third round light. Everybody misses it occasionally. 11 in round four, 18 in round five before turning it fourth out red in the final. Only made more heartbreaking when she lit it up a perfect 890 with a zero. Yeah, it'd be tough to take, but uh, Megan's got a bright future head. She's got a great camp around her, and I'm sure she's going to get her share of trophies and final round win lights in her racing career. Look, good breakdown of the All-Stars and the National itself there in Joliet. Again, uh, congratulations to all those winners. Really cool stories within the race and uh, some quote-unquote underdogs getting it done. It's always fun to watch. But So there was also some big bracket racing, Luke, at Cedar Falls Motorsports Park in Iowa. Now, we don't get to see enough huge bracket races in Iowa, but the SFG group took their 300 Series brand to Cedar Falls Motorsports Park there in Iowa and put on some really good racing where we've already talked a little bit about it, but the 50K uh, main event was um, Nick Folk. And, and again, I, I breezed over that in JJ's top 10 a little bit, but you're talking about a guy that has won pretty much everything he's ever wanted to win, you know, maybe short of a million-dollar race win or something, but when Nick puts his mind to something 
he typically gets great results. Dustin Long got the runner up there in the 50, another talented racer we don't <clears throat> see enough of. But how about Nick Folk, Luke? I mean, this guy doesn't probably get the credit that he deserves for the accomplishments. I know he gets a lot of credit, but Nick's one of those guys that you just don't get to see at all these big races because they don't travel down as much. But guy wins a ton and has won a ton in his career. And this is just another uh, feather in the cap. Yeah, we talk a lot about Brad Plord being just a Swiss Army knife. And while I've never seen Nick win in a 200-plus mile-an-hour buggy, he's kind of cut from the same cloth. Like top ball, bottom ball, long track, short track, dragster, door car. If it's racing and you either select a dial-in or they select an index for you, uh, you want Nick Folk on your team. I mean, he's a former yeah. IHRA world champion and top dragster. He's a former IHRA world champion at Stock Eliminator. He's an NHRA world champion at Supercomp. Again, like you name the game, like the, the, the would be the ultimate utility driver for the the all state competition in, in its prior form. Um, Nick's got every tool in the bag. Like you say, got some other obligations in life. I know he's spending a lot of time coaching his boys basketball team. But when he gets to the racetrack, that's not anybody to mess with. Yeah, very good point. The Swiss Army knife analogy is uh, is a great point by you. Nick, doesn't matter what kind of racing you're doing, like you said, you want this guy on your team. He's, uh, he's a talent no matter what bulb you choose to leave on. So congratulations, Nick, especially winning in an area of the country that where he's from. Now he's not from right there, but that's his area of the country. So big deal for him getting a win closer to home. Congratulations on a $50,000 payday and look like a great event there by the SFG group. The 20K winner was a guy that uh, I didn't even know. He's obviously from Iowa, I believe, has moved to the Chattanooga area, obviously went home, quote unquote, to I think they do some rest. back, actually. They did go back? Okay. I believe so. So uh, Tucker Kanzelar, the Kanzelar family talented group i mean uh i don't remember which one of them did one of them wrecked at your race one time and uh, okay almost totaled the car and come back and laid down nine end to end on me the next round i I thought the car wouldn't even go down the racetrack so i just knew i was gonna win that one i wasn't even close like literally 40 minutes later yeah (laughs) yeah it really was (laughs) and it wasn't that bad a wreck i was hit the scraped the wall after the finish line but uh still come back and got it done but tucker talented young racer got the 20k win over arguably one of the most talented bottom bulb young racers in the country if not the most talented another guy brett williamson doesn't get a chance to to get south or east very often because of the amount of miles and time and money it takes to come do those things but brett with a runner up there in the 20k uh, obviously his neck of the woods as well <clears throat> Don't know if he was hitting the bottom or not. I think he does hit the top and the bottom, but yeah, I believe he was off the top up there. Yeah, nonetheless, uh, very talented final round with a couple of young, super talented racers, and Tucker getting a win. So congratulations, Tucker. That was a big deal for him. And they even had some juniors here in the SFG 300 there at Cedar Falls. Luke uh, Saturday, Logan Bell got the win, and Sunday Zach <coughs> and a theory got the win in 790 category 890 category was uh nolan Kuntz both days saturday and sunday so great event there i just wanted to circle back to your to your nick folk point like you had mentioned kind of how quietly nick gets it done and this year being the perfect example like i don't think they've left home a handful of times 
he won the dragster shootout at uh, Galad at the at the Spring Fling, correct? Yep. yep. And then uh, prior to the fifty thousand dollar win at Cedar Falls, he won a shootout race Friday night that I think was like five or ten grand. So the round win percentage solid. And forget that. Like, how about the the party that insinuates following a Nick Folt Dustin Long final? <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was one for the ages for sure. But uh, the SFG 300 series is uh, for those that aren't familiar. That's a new thing they put together: 150 door cars, 150 dragsters. Really neat concept. Looks like it worked well right out of the gate there at Cedar Falls. Congratulations to those guys and all the big winners. Some hot performances there, Luke. But we've got a special hot performer coming up next when we discuss our BTE. Who's Hot Racer of the Week? What a segue. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. BTE staff is selected directly from the racing community. From sales to manufacturing, each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. With multiple world championships and number one qualifiers, they offer expert professional technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. So, Luke, obviously, we talk about tons of winners and obviously some people winning big paydays and performing well on the racetrack. But just something was extra special about this week's BT Who's Hot. Collected a $50,000 payday at Huntsville Dragway at the Let's Make a Deal race where they had um, a little small race on Friday, then 50 on Saturday, 10 on Sunday. And then this racer comes back to Huntsville Dragway to the drive for 75 a couple of weeks later. Well, you'd think that pays 7,500, but they've got the risky business card. If you pay the extra at the gate and you, yeah, and you turn out the winner, you are racing for a little bit larger amount of money and you can pay extra and race for 10,000 instead of 7,500. Pretty neat concept. Bones and Andy and the folks at Huntsville Dragway put together. This racer, obviously fresh off a 50K win. Very confident. I'll pay the extra 50 bucks. No problem. Race for 10. And Mike Lutke backed up his 50K win with a 10K win in just a, what, a three-week span, two-week span, really, if you, if you count them that way. Uh, they're out there at Huntsville Dragway. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Mike's weapon of choice. It's not the, the typical dragster that you see out there. A uh, little bit of an older piece, very well built and kept and maintained but lukey 50k 10k basically back-to-back races excellent performance which gets him this week's bte who's hot it's it's a theme of this week's episode and a well-deserved one jed it's it's another guy that you know mike's mike's not a young guy and he's not in the latest greatest equipment and this is a man like i say he's from our area i talked about it a couple of uh, weeks ago he's from uh, southern indiana and just him and the Hoheimer crew, that's whose car he was driving was in both of these events with Steve Hoheimer. Like they just live, eat, breathe racing. There is not a race that pays $2,500 or more in this area that they are not at for as long as I've known them. You know what I mean? They just yeah. go and get it and love it and do whatever it takes to get there and be there and be a part of it. So to see him have success at this level, pretty neat. Yeah, it is really neat and just all around good dudes. I mean, Mike uh, and and Steve 
awesome guys to talk to, really nice. Uh, obviously, Josh Lukey does some driving for Steve Law, so that group's always together. Just a bunch of nice guys performing well, just showing you again that you, you don't have to go get some of the stuff that we think you got to get sometimes. But congratulations to Mike, the BT Who's Hot Racer of the Week, well-deserved. And we talked about, you know, Nick. We just obviously talked about Nick at length there as a, a candidate for this week's Who's Hot. So could have went that way as well, but Mike backing up that uh, 50K with a 10K just pushed him a little ahead. But definitely Nick Folk was one of the guys that, that we discussed there as well. Definitely an honorable mention type situation for him. Uh, yeah. So, Luke, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, we had one more honorable mention. This was a little bit off the radar, but this was special stuff, courtesy of producer Mark. How about Matt Powell, Jed? I know we'll get to <laughs> yeah. the IHR event at Keystone uh, Raceway Park momentarily. Matt Powell rolls out there in a G body cutlass that is less than a month from rolling out of his shop for the first time, like just finished it, wins the five grander off the top. And just for good measure, just because he wanted a shout out on the podcast, also wins the motorcycle category on the same day on, wait for it, an electric bike. Huh? Awesome. Yeah, that's a great story, Matt. I'm glad uh, producer Mark shared that with us. Uh, I might have missed that somehow. But, yeah, I mean, winning a, it basically built a car, I think, in a month trying to get it prepared for – this event uh, comes out pretty fresh with it, takes a 5K win. Pretty good deal. I mean, that's, that's a pretty neat story in itself. Then go win the drag, I mean, go win the motorcycle category on an electric motorcycle. I mean, that's I mean, how does uh, really that work? impressive. Like, I, I'm, I'm envisioning like the Tesla of motorcycles. I mean, is this, are we charging this between rounds? How does this work? <laughs> you got me, producer Mark, putting some notes in there. He said, basically, you nailed it, Luke. Uh, <laughs> I guess it is the Tesla of motorcycles, and you do charge it between rounds. But uh, no matter what, even if you don't charge it between rounds, that was pretty impressive. Because the motorcycle racers, while we don't give them a whole lot of attention here on the podcast, uh, there's some talented motorcycle racers and serious motorcycle racers out there that uh, have mastered their craft. And then for Mr. Powell to back up his 5K win in the door car with a with a win on an electric one in that category is pretty darn impressive. So, Matt, definitely an honorable mention there for you as well. Congratulations. And to wrap up the Huntsville race, uh, Tim Sparks was the other drive for 75 winner there on Sunday. So congratulations, to Tim, as well. We're going to circle back to Matt Powell. I- I'm not done. So, my man, how many, <laughs> how many motorcycle class wins? Are, are hooking up the Tesla between rounds to charge it. Okay, not many. And how many of them, after they plug in the charger, are hopping it in the cutlass to win five grand between rounds? That's <laughs> impressive. That's it. I mean, it, Mark's got it here in our notes, my man, Matt Powell. He's quickly becoming my man, Matt Powell. I like this. Yeah, definitely. Matt's Matt's kind of guy, kind of story you can get behind no matter who you are. So that's <laughs> impressive. And, and to answer your question, nobody else but Matt's doing that. I think you're. So, right. I think you're right. Let's let's keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. Go cross state to the NHRA Division One Lucas Oil Series event at New Media. Uh, a couple of things stood out for me from there. One, Tom Stalva got the win in Supergas. We've mentioned him a lot lately. He's up to a red hot start now with two Division One events in the book. Tom Stalva has two Wallies, one in Supergas, one in Supercomp. So the multi-time division one champion uh, definitely on pace to do that again 
We had a, a friend of the podcast alert. We need a drop for that. Friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Allison Dahl, Allie Dahl, got the win in stock eliminator. And Jed, it was nearly a family double as her husband, Doug, was the runner-up in competition eliminator. Allie not only got the win, she did so in impressive fashion, defeating Mr. Everything off the bottom, Anthony Fetch, in the final round. And prior to that, knocking off Joe Santangelo in a heads-up semifinals. Santangelo, as a side note, off to a great start himself and looks to be a championship contender, possibly in both categories, certainly in stock eliminator this season. And the other notable finish from New Media, wait for it, wait for it. I said Matt Powell was my man. Chris Gerritsen is my man. Chris Gerritsen with the 130 mile an hour super comp dragster with the airplane front tires in yet another final round, took runner-up in Supercomp. We won't talk about the box score from the final. It was not pretty, but that's what sometimes happens when you go 130 mile an hour in Supercomp, okay? Let's give Chris a little bit of slack. By the way, shouts to Chris Garretson. If you have not yet picked up your new national dragster, producer Mark, we got to talk. Kevin McKenna has beat us to the punch. They have a feature on Chris Garretson, actually a feature on Chris Garretson, Tim Nicholson and Jody Lang talking about doing it from in front as the slower car. It's a great article. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And we will, that, reading it just makes me want Chris Garrettson to come on the show more. Guy's obviously one of a kind. He's unique. He seems like a character. We've messaged back and forth a lot. I'm a card-carrying, flag-waving member of the Chris Garrettson fan club, but I have yet to talk to him in person. It's coming. Wait for it. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like a great article, too. Uh, the def- those guys definitely have all that in common, so I can't wait to pick that up and read it myself. So, Luke, that carries us to the nation's heartland, the NHRA Heartland Nationals in Topeka, Kansas. And the lead story is not who won, but who didn't win. Now, this guy wins at Topeka. We talked about it at length on the podcast uh, he just somehow has a knack for – he wins a lot everywhere, but he somehow has a knack for winning at Topeka on a regular basis. But he come up short twice, and that is Austin Williams. Usually wins there, at least one category, but didn't work out that way. And I know Austin's sick about it, but A-Dub, still pretty strong performance there. Yeah, quarterfinals in both classes. Coming into Sunday, I was ready to send producer Mark a text and dig me up all the research on this ridiculous run that Austin Williams has had at Topeka. I just assumed he's going to win them both. As it ends up, the bottom fell out. He didn't win either one. And that is the lead story. Um, Vic Penrod, uh, close to, to having uh, an unbelievable, I mean, he had an unbelievable two weeks, but close to having the dream two weeks. We mentioned earlier that he defeated Justin Lamb in the final round of Superstock at Joliet. He came up one round short of the double in Topeka, falling in the final round of Superstock to Gene Mosbeck, who, by the way, not only was Mosbeck 001 in the final, he was impressive throughout. He was his worst lamp of the event was 35. And if you throw that one out, his next worst was 25. That's off the bottom in super stock. Kyle Fickler got the win in super comp. That's a hometown win for him. I know that was special for Kyle and Deb. His second Wally of his career. He got the win over Vernon Rowland, who was vying for his second Wally of his career and the season. If you remember, Vernon won the national event in Houston just a month or so ago. And it was a great final round race. It was a heartbreaking loss for Vernon. I believe he got to the finish line first by 18 thousandths to light it up 
89.9, one thousandth away from glory. Um, and in Super Street, the only other result that jumped out to me was Trevor Larson getting the win in Super Street. That's his seventh national event win and completes the super class trifecta for Trevor. That was his first Super Street win to go along with wins in Super Comp and Super Gas, joining a short list of drivers who have claimed national event victories in all three. Yeah, I think Trevor won that in his dad's car, which had to be extra special. And uh, he's coming off of a, a big performance at Spring Fling Million, and his only bracket racing that he does each year with a with a runner up there in the uh, in one of the thirty granders. So Trevor off to a good start this season, and uh, getting the that last ninety class added to his list had to be extra special. So congratulations to all those winners, and look like another great event. And speaking of great event, we'll go back. To Pennsylvania to the IHRA Sportsman Spectacular at Keystone Raceway Park there in New Alexandria, Pennsylvania, which is Pittsburgh to us Southerners. And uh, the the Summit Sportsman Spectacular, Luke uh, producer Mark told us was uh, very well attended, which is great to hear. Uh, glad that there was rain free. Uh, obviously, been devastated up through that part of the country with uh, the wet stuff, and glad to see them get a, an event off and have a great show in there for the IHRA. That's a really good format they got, and it's nice to see them uh, starting to get to show it now with some good weather. But speaking of good uh, good showings, how about this guy right here winning the mod class on Saturday? Our old buddy Michael Beard, Loose Rocker Promotions, part-time promoter. Uh, he's a flyer designer. He does big checks and all kind of things for races. Hadn't got to race a whole lot. Had a lot of trouble with the car over the last, I don't know, year to 18 months. But just shows how talented he is. He comes out. He's finally got the car doing his, what it's supposed to do and gets it done in the mod class over JT Harold. So congratulations to Michael Beard. I think that's a, a couple of wins for him already in just a very short period of having the car back out and running. So good to see him be getting it done, getting some momentum before he comes down to the World Footbreak Challenge next month. And as we talked about, uh, Matt Powell getting the win in top over uh, Nick Bauman. Uh, Nick always seems to be in the middle of those things up there, but Matt Powell with that win and then followed it up with a bike win on his electric motorcycle over Joey Devola. And the sportsman category was Joe Tharp over Mark Bazbinder. And then, uh, as we mentioned in J.J.'s top ten, little Abby Romeo with her first junior win over Levi Lear and Macy Stewart with a junior win over Samantha Gessner. And then Sunday, Luke, the mod category was won by Mason Fix over Joe Tharp Jr. Top category was my old buddy Stretch, A.J. Cassini, getting a win over Rich Corey. The bike category, Joey Devola got his redemption with a win over Gary Garitano. Sportsman was Glenn Perrin over Joe Tharp Jr. Joe had a pretty good day at the racetrack. Uh, Isabella Ritchie, which I believe we've talked a lot about Isabella from events up in that part of the country getting wins. Good for her over Cody Schondelmeyer. And Kyle Penn got the junior win over Zoe Moser. So, uh, again, good show in there at uh, Keystone Raceway Park for the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. And glad to see that for sure. Is that not Zoe? Hmm? Zoe Moser? Zoe? Oh, is that what what did I say? Yeah, Zoe. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's getting a shout out. What, what did I what did I say? I mean I you said Zoe like it was Lonzo Morning or something. Oh Zoe. my goodness. 
Oh my goodness, that was terrible. My apologies. <laughs> so we, yeah. we'll make sure it's made up for. <laughs> Jed, I, I, you got to be getting tired of talking. I'm getting tired of talking. This is the last event that we're going to talk about on today's episode, but certainly not the least. We have sung the praises of Tommy Phillips and his staff with the Lone Star Summer Shootout at the Texas Motorplex. That event also happened last weekend, brings annually one of, if not the biggest, uh, not only richest events in the state of Texas, but arguably the, the most recognized, the most notable event. And I think the big story for me was, although he didn't win, one Kurt Harvey. Like, that's a name that we've talked about a lot. That was another candidate probably deserved an honorable mention in JJ's top 10 off the top. Interesting side note here, Kurt Harvey runnered up on a Friday's opening day event that was the Scoggin Dickey Race Shop free uh, box race final. Runnered up to Russell Maher in a close double breakout. Uh, Kurt was 007, fourth thou under. Russell was 14, one thou under. But that marked the fourth final round that Kurt Harvey has been in in the last two months on a Friday. Fourth time on a Friday. Kurt Harvey's been in a big dollar final round twice at the Texas Triple Tens at the Motorplex, once at the Great American Bracket Race in Memphis, and now at the Lone Star Shootout again at the Plex. Kurt Harvey crushing it down there in Texas. Yeah, he gets his weekend started very well, apparently, on a regular basis. Yeah, Kurt was definitely deserving. I actually thought we had him in there for honorable mention, but I guess uh, somehow it slipped through. But Oh, I think he did. I see. I got it written down here. Sorry. Okay, good. Sorry, good. JJ. Good. That's because uh, he's very deserving. Um, had great start to the year. Uh, Luke Friday, they added or didn't add. It was part of the program, but they had a uh, 64 car shootout sponsored by our great friends at Brodix there. And Kyle Gibson dialed 419. Yeah. Okay, in the summertime in Texas. In the Texas heat. Yeah, that's right. Dial 419 leaves perfect and uh, goes a hunt above to get the win over Jimmy Winger. For a 5K win there in the Brodick 64 shootout, the um, well, let me see here. The Brodick 32 car shootout winner was Lewis Cleveland over Tyler Thorpe and uh, the Thorpe that Thorpe group from Texas. So chop you up pretty good. That's a bunch of talented racers in that family. Lewis Cleveland did the damage there in the Brodick 32 car shootout, getting a win. Uh, the KMP Plumbing Shootout <laughs> showdown for a thousand dollars was. Lewis Cleveland getting the win over Kyle Gibson, where obviously the shootout winners come together and race for an extra thousand. Tommy, now if I remember this right, basically, Luke, I think what happened was they had a practice tree race. And if you know more about it, correct me, but what I think I read was they had a practice tree race where the guys talked Tommy into getting in. And Tommy's like, no, it's my race. I don't want to get in my practice tree shootout. Well, he wins it. Which, you know, anybody that knows Tommy Phillips, I don't know why you'd ask him to join in a, a skills competition with you, but uh, good call there. Tommy goes on and wins $1,000 that he put up, and he just put it out for the guys, added it to the race somehow, and let the guys race for it. That might have been what this was. I don't know, but nonetheless... Nonetheless, he put that $1,000 back in the purse. So. Quick shouts to the greatness that is TP. I didn't know that story, although it doesn't surprise me. And I don't know the backstory to this, but I was texted a video of Tommy staging up on what appears to be a riding lawnmower. <laughs> I don't know the backstory, but he was like 30 on the tree in a, you know, brake clutch combined, do a, do a wheelie when you let go of it, riding lawnmower. 
That's impressive. Barry. Another Swiss Army knife, Tommy Phillips. Yeah, Proceed. No surprise. <laughs> no surprise there. Brad Lord's done a lot of stuff. I don't know if he's ever been 30 on a ride lawnmower. Probably not. Now, I don't know the, the story behind this uh, part of the event, the, the K&N Million Dollar Time Trial. Do you know you know the deal there? Jed, you I, keep talking like I should know these things. Okay, my I apologies. No idea. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that this was like a, a run for the money thing, and if you made a perfect run, you got a free entry to the million. Ah, okay. Or something. Maybe. I don't know. But the bottom, what's shocking here, Stephen Hughes won. Shoe, shoe to the front. 12 package. For the win out of yeah. like the whole field. That doesn't sound right. And here we are talking about how the best racers in the world come from the state of Texas. You guys all got a shot and couldn't be better than 12 total? What? Yeah. That is, wind must have been blowing like crazy or something. I don't know. But Stephen Hughes pulls out a win there. You can get it. Like he's the inventor of the pull-out bar for the uh, I see what you did there. See okay. what I did? You like okay. it? So, yeah, the shoe gets it done there in the, the run for the money, if you will. Uh, Saturday's Lucas Oil Exclusive 32 in the no-box category was won by just, uh, Justin Cervantes with a 003 dead three. Nice six-pack there off the bottom bulb for Justin. He's a talented racer. He's, he's run some of our stuff as well. And, again, got the win over the aforementioned Jake Howard. Uh, Jake with another solid final round appearance. So that moved them into Saturday, Luke, where uh, the Tom Thorpe Transports main event was held, and Corey Coffey <coughs> got the win over Justin Cervantes. Justin in the 10K final there after his win in that shootout. Uh, didn't go very well for him in the final. Left a little too much room in Corey Coffey's lane. Corey got the $10,000 win, so that's a pretty cool deal there. Uh, Cervantes claimed the, the bottom ball bonus, $1,500 as well so great day there for justin at the racetrack aaron g got the win in the scoggin dickie race shop last chance race thousand dollar win there for aaron over david fazond and saturday's dixie house cafe lucky eight well i think you mentioned this a little earlier was the original tex-mex jeff <laughs> lopez getting the win over honey wayne hunter Patton. hunter having a great start to his year as well and uh, jeff with another big big final round win after um, the All-Stars performance. So Jeff showing he's uh, quite versatile himself. Yeah, and it looked like the finale to the Lone Star Summer Shootout Sunday's APD main event got halted due to weather with 12 racers remaining. Storm blowed through. Racers decided to split the money. So that wraps up, at long last, the results portion of this week's Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Jed, I feel like we've been talking for two hours. Let's pay some bills. Let's tell everybody what's on tap. Let's get out of here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE here within the podcast. Neither of us, Jed or myself, are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. 
I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. Um, that's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race, every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or, or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter designed for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. Shop online at BTE Racing. Thank you for listening to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. If you'd like to receive a weekly update detailing the latest podcast and where you can easily access it to listen, sign up for my free 8th Mile email. Within this weekly update, you'll not only find the latest show information, but also updates on all sorts of things that have caught my attention. One week might include an update on the upcoming JEG Summer Door Car Shootout. The next, some insight about the latest book that I'm reading. One week may feature a product that I've stumbled into and how it's helped my racing and or my life. The next week, uh, an update to one of my blog posts over on thisisbracketracing.com. It's an easy, quick way to keep up with what's going on in sportsman drag racing and any of the odd stuff that's captured my own attention and that I think may interest you, along with a motivational quote thrown in regularly as well, all in 1,000 words or less every single week. To join, simply visit thisisbracketracing.com slash subscribe. That's thisisbracketracing.com slash subscribe. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's what's on tap! BTE staff is selected directly from the racing community. From sales to manufacturing, each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. With multiple world championships and number one qualifiers, they offer expert professional technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. So, Luke, obviously, we talk about tons of winners and Obviously, some people winning big paydays and performing well on the racetrack, but just something was extra special about this week's BT Who's Hot. Collected a $50,000 payday at Huntsville Dragway at the Let's Make a Deal race, where they had um, a little small race on Friday, then 50 on Saturday, 10 on Sunday. And then this racer comes back to Huntsville Dragway to the drive for 75 a couple of weeks later, well, you'd think that pays seventy five hundred, but they've got the risky business card. If you pay the extra at the gate, oh, and you, yeah, you turn out the winner, you are racing for a little bit larger amount of money, and you can pay extra and race for ten thousand instead of seventy five hundred. Pretty neat concept, Bones and Andy and the folks at Huntsville Dragway put together. This racer, obviously fresh off a fifty k win, very confident. I'll pay the extra fifty bucks, no problem. Race for ten, and Mike <clears> Lucy. <throat> backed up his 50k win with a 10k win in just a what a three-week span two-week span really if you, if you count them that way they're out there at Huntsville Dragway and you know we talked a little bit about Mike's weapon of choice it's not the the typical dragster that you see out there a uh, little bit of an older piece very well 
built and kept and maintained. But Lukey, 50K, 10K, basically back-to-back races, excellent performance, which gets him this week's BTE Who's Hot. It's it's a theme of this week's episode and a well deserved one, Jed. It's it's another guy that you know, Mike's Mike's not a young guy, and he's not in the latest greatest equipment. And this is a man, like I say, he's from our area. I talked about it a couple of uh, weeks ago. He's from uh, Southern Indiana, and just him and the Hoheimer crew. That's whose car he was driving was in both of these events. Was Steve Hoheimer? Like they just live, eat, breathe racing. There is not a race that pays. $2,500 or more in this area that they are not at for as long as I've known them. You know what I mean? They just yeah. go and get it and love it and do whatever it takes to get there and be there and be a part of it. So to see him have success at this level, pretty neat. Yeah, it is really neat. And just all around good dudes. I mean, Mike uh, and and Steve, awesome guys to talk to, really nice. Obviously, Josh Lukey does some driving for Steve Law, so that group's always together. Just a bunch of nice guys performing well, just showing you again that you, you don't have to go get some of the stuff that we think you got to get sometimes. But congratulations to Mike, the BT Who's Hot Racer of the Week, well-deserved. And we talked about, you know, Nick. We just obviously talked about Nick at length there as a, a candidate for this week's Who's Hot. So could have went that way as well, but Mike backing up that uh, 50K with a 10K just pushed him a little ahead, but definitely nick folk was one of the guys that that we discussed there as well definitely an honorable mention type situation for him go ahead well, we had one more honorable mention this was a little bit off the radar but this was special stuff courtesy of producer mark how about matt powell jen i know we'll get to <laughs> yeah. the ihr event at keystone uh, raceway park momentarily matt powell rolls out there in a g-body cutlass that is less than a month from rolling out of his shop for the first time, like just finished it, wins the five grander off the top. And just for good measure, just because he wanted a shout out on the podcast, also wins the motorcycle category on the same day on, wait for it, an electric bike. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that's a great story, Matt. I'm glad uh, producer Mark shared that with us. Uh, I might have missed that somehow, but yeah, I mean, winning a, it basically built a car, I think, in a month trying to get it prepared for this event. Comes out pretty fresh with it, takes a 5K win, pretty good deal. I mean, that's that's a pretty neat story in itself. Then go win the drag, I mean, go win the motorcycle category on an electric motorcycle. I mean, that's I mean, how does uh, really that work? impressive. Like, I, I'm, I'm envisioning like the Tesla of motorcycles. I mean, is this are we charging this between rounds? How's, how's this work? <laughs> you got me, producer Mark, putting some notes in there. He said, basically, you nailed it, Luke. Uh, <laughs> I guess it is the Tesla of motorcycles, and you do charge it between rounds. But no matter what, even if you don't charge it between rounds, that was pretty impressive. Because the motorcycle racers, while we don't give them a whole lot of attention here on the podcast, uh, there's some talented motorcycle racers and serious motorcycle racers out there that uh, have mastered their craft. And then for Mr. Powell to back up his 5K win in the door car with a with a win on an electric one in that category is pretty darn impressive. So, Matt, definitely an honorable mention there for you as well. Congratulations. And to wrap up the Huntsville race, uh, Tim Sparks was the other drive for 75 winner there on Sunday. So congratulations, to Tim, as well. We're going to circle back to Matt Powell. I- I'm not done. So, my man, how many, <laughs> how many motorcycle class wins? 
partners are, are hooking up the Tesla between rounds to charge it. Okay, not many. And how many of them, after they plug in the charger, are hopping it in the cutlass to win five grand between rounds? That's <laughs> impressive. That's it. I mean, it, Mark's got it here in our notes, my man, Matt Powell. He's quickly becoming my man, Matt Powell. I like this. Yeah, definitely. Matt's Matt's kind of guy, kind of story you can get behind no matter who you are. So <laughs> that's impressive. And, and to answer your question, nobody else but Matt's doing that. I think you're so, right. I think you're right. Let's, let's keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. Go cross-state to the NHRA Division One Lucas Oil Series event at New Media. A couple of things stood out for me from there. One, Tom Stalva got the win in Supergas. We've mentioned him a lot lately. He's up to a red-hot start now with two Division One events in the book. Tom Stalva has two Wallies, one in Supergas, one in Supercomp. So the multi-time Division One champion, uh, definitely on pace to do that again. We had a, a friend of the podcast alert. We need a drop for that. Friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Allison Dahl, Allie Dahl, got the win in Stock Eliminator and Jed. It was nearly a family double as her husband, Doug, was the runner-up in Competition Eliminator. Allie not only got the win, she did so in impressive fashion, defeating Mr. Everything off the bottom, Anthony Fetch, in the final round. And prior to that, knocking off Joe Santangelo in a heads-up semifinals. Santangelo, as a side note, off to a great start himself and looks to be a championship contender, possibly in both categories, certainly in stock eliminator this season. And the other notable finish from New Media, wait for it, wait for it. I said Matt Powell was my man. Chris Gerritsen is my man. Chris Gerritsen with the 130 mile an hour super comp dragster with the airplane front tires in yet another final round, took a runner up in Supercomp. We won't talk about the box score from the final. It was not pretty, but that's what sometimes happens when you go 130 mile an hour in Supercomp. Okay, let's give Chris a little bit of slack. By the way, shouts to Chris Garretson. If you have not yet picked up your new national dragster, producer Mark, we got to talk. Kevin McKenna has beat us to the punch. They have a feature on Chris Garretson, actually a feature on Chris Garretson, Tim Nicholson and Jody Lang talking about doing it from in front as the slower car. It's a great article. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And we will, that, reading it just makes me want Chris Garrettson to come on the show more. Guy's obviously one of a kind. He's unique. He seems like a character. We've messaged back and forth a lot. I'm a card-carrying, flag-waving member of the Chris Garrettson <laughs> fan club, but I have yet to talk to him in person. It's coming. Wait for it. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like a great article too. Uh, that def- those guys definitely have all that in common. So I can't wait to pick that up and read it myself. So Luke, that carries us to the nation's heartland, the NHRA Heartland Nationals in Topeka, Kansas. And the lead story is not who won, but who didn't win. Now this guy wins at Topeka. We've talked about it at length on the podcast. Uh, he just somehow has a knack for, he wins a lot everywhere, but he somehow has a knack for winning at Topeka on a regular basis. But he come up short twice, and that is Austin Williams. Usually wins there, at least one category, but didn't work out that way. And I know Austin's sick about it, but A-Dub, still pretty strong performance there. Yeah, quarterfinals in both classes. Coming into Sunday, I was ready to send producer Mark a text and dig me up all the research on this ridiculous run that Austin Williams has had at Topeka. I just assumed he's going to win them both. As it 
ends up bottom fell out. He didn't win either one. And that is the lead story. Um, Vic Penrod, close to, to having uh, an unbelievable, I mean, he had an unbelievable two weeks, but close to having the dream two weeks. We mentioned earlier that he defeated Justin Lamb in the final round of Superstock at Joliet. He came up one round short of the double in Topeka, falling in the final round of Superstock to Gene Mosbeck, who, by the way, not only was Mosbeck 001 in the final, he was impressive throughout. He was His worst lamp of the event was 35. And if you throw that one out, his next worst was 25. That's off the bottom in Superstock. Kyle Fickler got the win in Super Comp. That's a hometown win for him. I know that was special for Kyle and Deb. His second Wally of his career. He got the win over Vernon Rowland, who was vying for his second Wally of his career and the season. If you remember, Vernon won the national event in Houston just a month or so ago, and it was a great final round race. It was a heartbreaking loss for Vernon. I believe he got to the finish line first by 18 thousandths to light it up 89.9, one thousandth away from glory. And in Super Street, the only other result that jumped out to me was Trevor Larson getting the win in Super Street. That's his seventh national event win and completes the super class trifecta for Trevor. That was his first Super Street win to go along with wins in Super Comp and Super Gas, joining a short list of drivers who have claimed national event victories in all three. Yeah, I think Trevor won that in his dad's car, which had to be extra special. And uh, he's coming off of a, a big performance at Spring Fling Million and his only bracket racing that he does each year with a, with a runner-up there in, the, uh, in one of the 30 granders. So Trevor off to a good start this season and uh, getting the, that last 90 class added to his list had to be extra special. So congratulations to all those winners and look like another great event. And speaking of great events, we'll go back to Pennsylvania, to the IHRA Sportsman Spectacular at Keystone Raceway Park there in New Alexandria, Pennsylvania, which is Pittsburgh to us Southerners. And uh, the, the Summit Sportsman Spectacular, Luke, uh, producer Mark told us, was uh, very well attended, which is great to hear. Uh, glad that there was rain-free, uh, obviously been devastated up through that part of the country with uh, the wet stuff, and glad to see them get a, an event off and have a great show in there for the IHRA that's a really good format they got, and it's nice to see them uh, starting to get to show it now with some good weather. But speaking of good uh, good showings, how about this guy right here winning the mod class on Saturday? Our old buddy Michael Beard, Loose Rocker Promotions, part-time promoter. Uh, he's a flyer designer. He does big checks and all kind of things for races. Hadn't got to race a whole lot. Had a lot of trouble with the car over the last, I don't know, year to 18 months but just shows how talented he is. He comes out, he's finally got the car doing his, what it's supposed to do and gets it done in the mod class over JT Harold. Congratulations to Michael Beard. I think that's a, a couple of wins for him already in just a very short period of having the car back out and running. So good to see MB getting it done, getting some momentum before he comes down to the World Footbrake Challenge next month. And as we talked about, uh, Matt Powell getting the win in top over Nick Bauman. Uh, Nick always seems to be in the middle of those things up there, but Matt Powell with that win and then followed it up with a bike win on his electric motorcycle over Joey Devola. And the sportsman category was Joe Tharp over Mark Bazbinder. And then, uh, as we mentioned in JJ's top 10, little Abby Romeo with her first junior win over Levi Lear and Macy Stewart with a junior win over Samantha Gessner. And then Sunday, Luke, 
The mod category was won by Mason Fix over Joe Tharp Jr. Top category was my old buddy Stretch, A.J. Cassini, getting the win over Rich Corey. The bike category, Joey Davola got his redemption with a win over Gary Garitano. Sportsman was Glenn Perrin over Joe Tharp Jr. Joe had a pretty good day at the racetrack. Uh, Isabella Ritchie, which I believe we've talked a lot about Isabella from events up in that part of the country getting wins. Good for her over Cody Schondelmeyer. And Kyle Penn got the junior win over Zoe Moser. So, uh, again, good showing there at uh, Keystone Raceway Park for the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. And glad to see that for sure. Is that not Zoe? Hmm? Zoe Moser? Zoe? Oh, is that what, what did I say? Yeah, it's Zoe. Okay. <laughs> well, that's getting a shout-out. What, what, what did I say? I mean, I... You said Zoe, like it was Lonzo Morning or something. Oh, Zoe. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That was terrible. My apologies, <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make sure it's made up for <laughs> Jed, I, I, you got to be getting tired of talking. I'm getting tired of talking. This is the last event that we're going to talk about on today's episode, but certainly not the least we have sung the praises of Tommy Phillips and his staff with the Lone Star Summer Shootout at the Texas Motorplex. That event also happened last week and brings annually one of, if not the biggest, uh, not only richest events in the state of Texas, but arguably the most recognized, the most notable event. And I think the big story for me was, although he didn't win, one Kurt Harvey. Like, that's a name that we've talked about a lot. That was another candidate probably deserved an honorable mention in JJ's top 10 off the top. Interesting side note here. Kurt Harvey runnered up on a Friday's opening day event. That was the Scoggin Dickey Race Shop free uh, box race final. Runnered up to Russell Marr in a close double breakout. Uh, Kurt was 007, fourth thou under. Russell was 14, one thou under. But that marked the fourth final round that Kurt Harvey has been in in the last two months on a Friday. Fourth time on a Friday, Kurt Harvey's been in a big dollar final round twice at the Texas Triple Tens at the Motorplex, once at the Great American Bracket Race in Memphis, and now at the Lone Star Shootout again at the Plex. Kurt Harvey crushing it down there in Texas. Yeah, he gets his weekend started very well, apparently, on a regular basis. Yeah, Kurt was definitely deserving. I actually thought we had him in there for honorable mention, but I guess uh, somehow it slipped through. But Oh, I think he did. I see. I got it written down here. Sorry. Okay, good. Sorry, good. JJ. Good. That's because uh, he's very deserving. Um, had a great start to the year. Uh, Luke Friday, they added or didn't add. It was part of the program, but they had a 64-car uh, shootout sponsored by our great friends at Brodick's there. And Kyle Gibson dialed 419. Yeah. In the summertime in Texas. In the Texas heat. Yeah. That's right. Dial 419. Leaves perfect and uh, goes a hunt above to get the win over Jimmy Winger for a 5K win there in the Brodick 64 shootout. The, um, well, let me see here. The Brodick's 32 car shootout winner was Lewis Cleveland over Tyler Thorpe. And uh, the Thorpe, that Thorpe group from Texas, so chop you up pretty good. That's a bunch of talented racers in that family. Lewis Cleveland. Did the damage there in the Brodick's 32-car shootout, getting a win. The KMP Plumbing Shootout Showdown for $1,000 was Lewis Cleveland getting a win over Kyle Gibson, where obviously the shootout winners come together and race for an extra 1000 Tommy, now if I remember this right, uh, basically, Luke, I think what happened was they had a uh, practice tree race. And if you know more about it, 
correct me, but what I think I read was they had a practice tree race where the guys talked Tommy into getting in, and Tommy's like, no, it's my race. I don't want to get in my practice tree shootout. Well, he wins it, which, you know, anybody that knows Tommy Phillips, I don't know why you'd ask him to join in a, a skills competition with you, but good call there. Tommy goes on and wins $1,000 that he put up, and he just put it out for the guys, added it to the race somehow and let the guys race for it. That might have been what this was. I don't know. But nonetheless, Thanks. nonetheless, he put that $1,000 back in the purse. So. Quick shouts to the greatness that is TP. I didn't know that story, although it doesn't surprise me. And I don't know the backstory to this, but I was texted a video of Tommy staging up on what appears to be a riding lawnmower. <laughs> I don't know the backstory, but he was like 30 on the tree in a, you know, brake clutch combined, do a, do a wheelie when you let go of it, riding lawnmower. That's impressive. Very. Another Swiss Army knife, Tommy Phillips. Yeah, Proceed. No surprise, no surprise there. Brad Lord's done a lot of stuff. I don't know if he's ever been 30 on a ride lawnmower. Probably not. Now, I don't know the, the story behind this uh, part of the event, the, the K&N Million Dollar Time Trial. Do you know... You know the deal there? Jed, you I, keep talking like I should know these things. Okay, my I apologies. No idea. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that this was like a, a run for the money thing, and if you made a perfect run, you got a free entry to the million. Ah, okay. Or something. Man. I don't know. But the bottom, what's shocking here, Stephen Hughes won. Shoot, shoot to the front. 12 package for the win out of yeah. like the whole field. That doesn't sound right. And here we are talking about how the best racers in the world come from the state of Texas. You guys all got a shot and could be better than 12 total? What? Yeah. That is, wind must have been blowing like crazy or something. I don't know. But Stephen Hughes pulls out a win there. You can get it. Like he's the inventor of the pull-out bar for the uh, I see what you did there. See okay. what I did? You like okay. it? So, yeah, the shoe gets it done there and the, the <laughs> run for the money, if you will. Uh, Saturday's. Lucas Oil exclusive 32 in the no box category was won by just uh, Justin Cervantes with a 003 dead three. Nice six pack there off the bottom bulb for Justin. He's a talented racer. He's, he's run some of our stuff as well. And again, got the win over the aforementioned Jake Howard. Uh, Jake with another solid final round appearance. So that moved them into Saturday, Luke, where uh, the Tom Thorpe. Transport's main event was held, and Corey Coffey got the win over Justin Cervantes. Justin in the 10K final there after his win in that shootout. Uh, didn't go very well for him in the final. Left a little too much room in Corey Coffey's lane. Corey got the $10,000 win, so that's a pretty cool deal there. Uh, Cervantes claimed the, the bottom ball bonus $1,500 as well. So great day there for Justin at the racetrack. Aaron G. got the win in the Scoggin Dickey Race Shop last chance race. $1,000 win there for Aaron over David Fazond. And Saturday's Dixie House Cafe Lucky 8, well, I think you mentioned this a little earlier, was the original Tex-Mex. Jeff Lopez getting the win over Honey Wayne, Hunter Patton. Hunter having a great start to his year as well. And uh, Jeff with another big, big final round win after um, the uh, All-Stars performance. So Jeff showing he's uh, quite versatile himself. Yeah, and it looked like the finale to the Lone Star Summer Shootout Sunday's APD main event got halted due to weather with 12 racers remaining stored blow through. Racers decided to split the money. So that wraps up 
At long last, the results portion of this week's Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Jed, I feel like we've been talking for two hours. Let's pay some bills. Let's tell everybody what's on tap. Let's get out of here. Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty. Switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.